talk a little bit about the story how Jacob marries uh, uh, Rachel and Leah. So Jacob uh, marries Rachel and Leah. I want to discuss a few parts, two maybe just two main points. We can discuss other things also as well. But you know, first it says that uh, when his mother originally suggested that he leave his house, it's because she was very worried because Esau wanted to kill him because. He took away the blessings, and that's what it says in the Pasuk. And she heard that he wants to kill him, so she says to him, look, why don't you, I don't want to lose both of you one day, she says, you know, you're going to kill each other, and you're going to kill him, we'll kill you, you know, and in the end, they actually did die in the same day, you know, in the end, uh, Esau was killed over there by, by Yaakov, this is another story from the Medrash uh, later on in the parish. but in this case, she says, look, your brother is trying to kill you, and why don't you leave for a little bit until he cools down? And, you know, he says, first he says, I don't want you to marry any of the local girls. I want you to go to Khara, to my family there. And the other thing he says, I want you to wait there for a few days. I'll come get you, she says, after a few days, I'll come get you. Where, yeah? where physically is Khara located? Well, in that map. Yeah, map. Is, yeah, it, uh, is it Israel today? Is it part of Israel today? This is on the northern part of, on, on, on the northern part, uh, Russia, well, the latter, that it was, it was in, 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 in Beersheba. And that was in Choron. Uh, uh, and um, you're looking up, you have the map over there? See, I thought I saw a map there. Okay, but okay, well, she looks it up. So let's. Um, sure. so, um, so his mother said, why don't you leave for a little bit? And then um, he'll calm down, he'll forget what you did, and then he'll, he'll be okay, then you'll come back. But she says to him, I want you to be away just for a few days. She says, she says, uses the language a few days. Okay, so then finally, okay, you see, you have the map there? She told you also the letter, the letter. No, this is from Lech Lecha. Oh, in Lech Lecha. Okay, so, so this is Padanaram. Padanaram. Then this is what, what does this show you? Which direction does it show you? So he was going uh, to the. Um, was going to the to the north really. So where is it? It says Ararat, Badnaram, Turkey. That section of the the. the oh, you have a map. Oh, here is a little map over here. So this is on the on the northern side. On the northern side. Okay, here there's a map in this corner. There's a little map over here. But. Um, it's, it's go, he was going from... Um, so it's from, the northern part of the Mesopotamia. What? Yeah. 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 So, the, um, so the question is, um, then he comes to Lovin's house. So there was reiterate. He comes to Lovin's house. So Lovin thinks that he's rich and everything else. He sees that... Huh? Right, sure, please. That's what a little it's, too much cinnamon. It's not there for just for looks. It's there. It's there not just for looks. I'm going to have some 
if you like okay. cinnamon. Thank you. The old, <laughs> take them home, there's plenty more. I need six of them, eight of them. Mm, it smells so good, I, I, and I don't usually eat wheat, but I'm going to. I gotta make some. Yeah, Do you have allergy? No, I just stopped eating it for a while. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so anyways. It's good? I'm gonna have some. Just like my grandma used to do. I know, I made it last week, and everyone said, oh, this is just like what Bobby used no, to make. No, my grandmother used to make it. Because I make it with chocolate chips. I made some with chocolate chips, but I made some with the cinnamon. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, Heidi, you have to try. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take more and you'll take some home for your husband, for your spouses at home. And they'll say, oh, this is like what Bobby used to make. So, um... But then, when he comes to uh, when he comes to love and the uncle, so first he comes and he greets him. And then he takes him into his house for a month. And after a month, he says to him, "You know, we got to make some sort of an arrangement." He says, "Tell me, what do you want to get paid?" You know, he says, "Tell me, what do you want to get paid?" So Yaakov says, "I'd like to get paid." Seven years I'll work for you. If you give me your daughter Rachel for a wife, that'll be my payment. I want your daughter Rachel. So he says, fine, they made a deal. He says, work for me for seven years, and then I'll give you my daughter Rachel. Okay. So Rashi wants to know, he says, but his mother told him to be there for a few days. Now he's committing himself to working for seven years. It's a long time. It's not a few days. He says, no, 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 these are the few days, you know, and Rashi says, be a proof to you because the verse itself says later on that, oh, he loved Rachel so much, he loved Rachel so much that it felt like a few days. Okay, so it felt like, so this, this is really the few days that his mother said, so that's fine. Okay, so that's good for the beginning. But then, after comes the time of the wedding, uh, Laban, Laban the uncle, makes a trick. And instead of giving him Rachel, he gives it Leah. He brings Leah. Now, Yaakov had a good idea who he's dealing with. So Yaakov took all kinds of precautions to try to defend himself so he shouldn't uh, be deceived. So, first of all, when he originally told him, he told him like very clearly. He told him, Rachel, bitcha ktana. He says, Rachel, your daughter, the young one. So he's saying, don't, don't bring me any other Rachel from the street. I want it to be your daughter. And I don't want you to change Leah's name to Rachel and tell me that it's Rachel, it's the younger one. I'm telling you exactly what I want. Still didn't help him because he still deceived him. Okay, but what happened? So Yaakov really protected himself. He didn't write the contract. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so Yaakov tried to protect himself. So Yaakov made up, I guess in those days there was no lights, there was nothing. You can actually not tell who the person next to you was, so you had no idea. So Yaakov already suspected that love and make pull a fast one on him. So he had made up with Rachel, he gave a special sign so that they know 
that he knows that it's she, she knows that it's he, so that they're gonna know that it's, you know, everything is, so everything would have, so now, Lovum goes, and he, uh, Lovum goes, and he gives him the, uh, the, the old one, he gives him Leia, he gives Leia to, he gives Leia to, uh, to Yaakov, and, you know, he didn't know that it was Leia, how come? Because Rachel went and gave her over the signs, because when Rachel saw that she's being led to the chuppah, she's being led to, she says her sister's going to be terribly embarrassed. Now, sister didn't know that he was made up. She didn't know. You know she said the father gave her over to you know, marry this man. He didn't tell her that she was supposed to marry Rachel. Well, you know, he didn't know. So she went, and, uh, but he, she, gave him, she gave her over to Simona. She gave her the signs. So it says in the morning, he sees it's Leia, not Rachel. So he comes back to his uncle. He says, why did you deceive me? He says, okay, he says, don't worry about it. Rachel deceived him too. But Rachel, at the end of the day, received him. Yeah, that was good. That's a good point. But Rachel deceived him to protect his sister's honor. So, which means, uh, I mean, the whole story, you know, I mean, is this, um, you want to marry one person, they give you another person, and and you get up in the morning, you find out it's somebody else. Rachel, I think, didn't have a choice because her father was going to do it. The only thing Rachel had a choice was whether she was going to allow her sister to be shamed or not. Was she protecting her sister's honor? Yeah, no, it sounds like... Um, but if, if Rachel would not have told Leah, then Leah could not give the Simonin to Yaakov. And Yaakov would have married her. Yaakov would have figured it out. And not married her. And, and then not, not marry her. her. And that seems good, but maybe because uh, Yaakov deceived his father, so now he was deceived. So it's uh, he had this deception. He, de- yeah, he deceived his father. Now he's being deceived. So that's you get a taste of your own medicine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Karma. Huh? Karma. Yeah. Right. So now, but here, here is the. Um, okay, so then Yaakov comes to an argument. He says to his father, he says, "What you do? What you deceive me? You." I worked you for seven years for Rachel, not for Leah. Would you give me Leah? He says, Shama says, no, we don't do things like that. We don't marry off the older, the younger daughter before the older daughter. So now he's the righteous uh, person, you know, he's the senior. So he says, look, he says, what, you know what? Work for another seven years, and we'll give you Rachel too, so you can have both sisters. So now, he says, no, but you're not going to have to wait for the seven years. Well, wait for the seven days of the of the Shabbat Brachas, you know, the seven seven days of the, of the marriage. We'll finish the celebration. We'll make another marriage. You'll marry Rachel, and then you'll work for me for another seven years later on. Okay. So now the question is, well, this is already not not a few days. I mean, that's already. I mean, a few days were the seven years. That's what they say. But now he's committing himself to another seven years over there. So. And once these seven years were finished, actually, once his family was all born, he wants to leave, and then he stays there for another six years. But his mother only told him seven, seven years, and now he's already adding to the seven, seven plus another six. And he was away for a total of 20 years, and by the time he came back home, it was 22 years, because it took him like another two years to travel until he got back there, so it took him like 22 years. And those were the 22 years... Um, 
that he was away from Yitzchak, that his son Joseph was away from him as well. Those would correspond because what comes around goes around, as we said, that because he missed out on his father's honor, then Yosef missed out on him too. But the, the question that I wanted to know is, number one, um, uh, how come he agreed to that? I mean, how come he agreed to that when his mother told him? And it seems like the Pasuk and Rashi, they're all interested in trying to tell us that he didn't violate his mother's condition. This was the few days. He did it, he did it. Okay, that was for the first seven years, but what about the second seven years? It says seven years. Yeah. It does? Yeah, it says seven years. We can read. We'll read in a minute. We'll read inside. And the other thing is this whole idea of Jacob marrying two sisters. Um, according to the Torah law, one is not allowed to be married, permitted to marry two sisters. In those days, polygamy was okay. That was the, okay, I mean, all of the forefathers, they had more than one wife. Sometimes that concubines, but it was uh, 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 that was allowed. But the question is, uh, two sisters, two sisters were you allowed to marry? Um, I mean, I, I know I'm not sure about in those places where polygamy is permitted. I'm not sure that they permit you to marry two sisters. I'm not sure the law legally, but halachically that it's prohibited. So here we also have a question. Uh, Jacob, we have indications in various different places that even though Jacob wasn't obligated to keep the Torah because the Torah wasn't given yet until much later after they left Egypt, but yet there is a lot of indications that Yaakov kept, was guarding the Torah even before it was given. And since the Torah prohibits one of marrying two sisters, how come Jacob married two sisters? Actually, later on we'll see that he actually married four sisters because they all married also the Bilah and Zilpah because each one had a they were maidservants, they were given as maidservants to their to their daughters, to Rachel and Leah, and then eventually Yaakov uh, lived with them as well, maybe not as 100% wives, because it says, um uh, and that was part of the twelve tribes. The twelve tribes come from from some come from the uh, Rachel Maya, some come from Bilah and Zilpah, which is also this one. So that's another issue. We'll leave it for another time. But right now, um, we'll discuss a little bit the um, how come he married two sisters if he tried to observe the Torah. Now, the one of the ideas is that certain things that are prohibited from the Torah. So even as somebody who doesn't keep the Torah, still uh, certain things we don't do, even the Torah, even, even before the Torah was given. Like there are certain elementary and basic human rules. Uh, what is the reason that the Torah does not allow for two sisters to get married to the same person? So the Torah gives the reason because Two wives are considered to be tzorah. They're considered to be adversaries to each other. Uh, because, I guess, they're both vying for their husband's attention. So, that's why they're considered, you creating uh, friction. friction between them. And it's not the right thing to create friction between sisters. So, therefore, the Torah does not. The Torah gives the reason. He says, because you make them uh, adversaries. And one should not make sisters into adversaries. 
So it turns out, even if Jacob did not observe the Torah, even if you should say that, um, but why would he marry two sisters and create that adversarial relationships well, he, and vying for his... Uh, he didn't you know? want to marry Leah. He wanted to marry Rachel. Okay, so what happened? But the, now but he's stuck with Leah. But, he's de- but he was uh, in love with Rachel. Yeah, so... Um, is that a reason? I mean, is that enough reason for him to, 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 uh, to violate and bring, uh, uh, you know, people do things because powerful. of them? Yeah. yeah, okay, but we're talking about the forefathers. And again, we're, we're trying to find that they didn't do things by instinct or because, just because it was something worthwhile. But we're also trying to find a message for us, you know, what we can learn from them, what we can learn from that kind of... Uh, um, I'll just give, just share with you one idea that the Rebbe brings down. Um, the Rebbe, the Rebbe says that, and this is a very important thing, you know, to 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 realize priorities. And it's a little bit of what you said, but there's always priorities that we have to prioritize. We have to really know what is the most important thing in life, and what's the second important in life. And sometimes I uh, don't know if I gave you this parable a long time ago, it's a powerful parable about the um, jar that was empty and filled with uh, various different things. Did I ever give you that, that, that parable? About the professor came to the classroom and he was telling the class, he brought in an empty barrel and he uh, showed the classroom that it was empty and then he calls over his student and he asked them to come to his desk, and he took out from his desk, he took out a bag full with golf balls. And he told, did I tell you the story? Well, I've heard this. You heard the story? Okay. So he, took, put in, he put in the golf balls into the barrel, and then he asked the students, he asked them if the barrel was full, and everybody said yes. So he calls over another student, he takes out, now he takes out a bag of marbles, and he asked the other student to put in the marbles, and sure enough, he shakes it around. The marbles filled all the holes wherever the golf balls weren't there. And he asked the students, now is it full now? He says, well, absolutely full. Calls another student, now he takes out a bag of sand. And he has to put it in, and the sand goes and covers all the... the uh, as the, the, uh, the students, he says, is, is the jar full now? He says, yes. Calls of another student, he tells him to put in his coffee that he had over there and filled it up. And the professor said, I'll give you what is the um, message from all this. He says, in life we have various different things that we need to do. We have some important things, and we have some less important things. So we have some things, and we have to prioritize. So which means like this, there are certain things in your life, which is your religion, your family, those are the most important things. So he says, those can be compared to the golf balls. So, you know, you fill your jar, fill your day, fill your mind with the most important thing of your, of your life. Then you have in your life things, they're important, but they're not that important. What kind of car you drive, or in, uh, uh, what, uh, what kind of a job you do, they're, they're important, but it's not uh, the most. Those are compared to those marbles. And, you know, those are the secondary. And then you have the trivial thing in life, which are really just not worth 
uh, you know, uh, that much to, to spend, to get aggravated over. They're not really that much. So he says, depends how you feel. See, if we fill our jar with the sand, with the trivial things, there's no place for the marbles, there's no place for the golf balls, there's no place for anything else. So make sure to fill your jar, fill your home, fill your life, fill your mind with the most important precious things in your life. If there is still space left over, then bring in the next, the second of the important things. And then finally, if there's even still more place, then bring in the trivial things. But don't give away your most important things on the account of the small things. So one of says, that's very interested. He says, but what is the message from the cup of coffee? He says, <laughs> the president, so the president said, no matter how busy you are, no matter how busy always make time for a cup of coffee with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, but here we have to prioritize. So what happens? We have a lot of, we have a lot of obligations and we have a lot of responsibilities. We can't always keep all of our responsibilities. We can't always keep all of all of them. So we have to, since we're limited, we have to do the most important one. The ones that matter most. Those we have to do. And sometimes we can't do the other ones. We have to let them go. So now, like you said, Yaakov was faced with a, with a real tough situation. He promised Rachel to marry her. And she was, he was in love with her. And he worked for seven years for her. That's what he worked for. And now Laban goes and tricks him, gives him Leah instead. And now he's stuck with, he's stuck with Leah. Okay? So, well, Leah wasn't bad either. I mean, even though it says her eyes were, were tender, you know, it wasn't as pretty as, uh, it wasn't a fast fast but, I mean, not, um, so, now he's married, he's stuck. So he tricked her. He's stuck. <laughs> no, but what does he do? Is he going to divorce Leyana? Is he going to divorce her and going to hurt her feelings? Is he going to do that? Is he going to disappoint Rachel, who he's been working for all this time? Is he going to disappoint her and tell her no? Because I. he's going to say to her, look, I'm not obligated to keep the Torah, but I'm going to be very stringent upon myself. I'll keep the Torah, but guess what? I'm not going to marry you. That doesn't really sound right. That would be taking the less important thing to push it away for the more important thing. The more important thing was he gave Rachel the word, his word. She was anticipating this all along. He promised her he loved her, but he owed it to her. He had to forego some of his principles of maybe uh, not, in this case, fulfilling the Torah's command of not marrying two sisters. And he, um, he it was more important for him to do but, the right thing in this case. But only because he wasn't obligated to do the Torah. Exactly. 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 If, he was if it was a law, it was a law. But right. this one, when the Torah says, the Torah doesn't use the word that Yaakov fulfilled. It's just that he guarded, shamarti, which basically means that whenever he had the possibility to do it, 
he would do it. But if it came into conflict with something more important, he had to let that go. Or the law of the land. Well, the land sometimes. In this case, however, as we said before, we don't want to bring two sisters to get to become enemies. But in this case, Yaakov had reason to believe that Rachel is different because he saw that Rachel actually went and shared her intimate signs that he shared with her, and she gave it to her sister. So she saw how much she cared. She didn't, he didn't think that these two sisters were going to become adversaries. He knew that they are different because he saw their devotion and they care for each other, so that he had a real strong feeling that they will actually uh, be friends instead of uh, be, uh, be adversaries. And that's why he did that. And uh, what I'm saying is, it seems like his mother basically told him originally, you know, voluntarily, you should not stay there more than seven years. But what happened is, the first seven years when Yaakov was there, Essentially, he didn't do anything. He was just working. He was working for a goal to marry Rachel, but he didn't do anything. He didn't, he didn't have a family. He didn't uh, marry anybody. He didn't have a wife. He, didn't, he was just dealing with, he's a shepherd. That's what he was, he was doing. And he's working hard, working for Laban, who's deceiving him constantly, who's tricking him, who's making him, making him in the winter, it's cold, in the summer, it's, in the summer it's hot, and he's just terrible. A uh, place to work, a terrible person to work for, but he had no, no choice. He he wanted to work for seven years, so that was like a few days. But after this took place, this trick took place. Yaakov understood that this was God's plans for him. Somehow, you know, a lot of times, you see, you know, you 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 plan one way, but God has a different. He 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 read into this. He says, I see, that God has a different plan. You know, it was, it was very strange. When we bought this house over here that we're sitting now in here, we, we actually, the person that sold it to us, sold it to us for a very, very low price. You know, like a steal of a deal. You know, really, you know, it was, not that it was any, it wasn't an advertised deal, it wasn't a foreclosure or anything else. They just asked very little. They just asked. We had a much smaller, on a Main Street house, we swapped it for the same price. So we saw that what this one it was like, and this was like twenty five times bigger than the other one. It's like a mansion next to the other one, and we could never understand. And they were, and then we didn't have money to buy the mortgage. They waited for us, and you know they were just they were just exceptionally nice to us. And then you know couldn't understand, and they said, "Oh, we always wanted this house to go to a family with a lot of kids." You know that we had, and then they said they knew there was this other congregation over here. It's Chaim. They thought I was the rabbi. Who said we wanted it? I said no. I'm the other guy. We could cut through from here to Israel. So yeah. So I um, yesterday the old lady comes in. Her husband passed away two the years ago. The woman who sold us the house knocked on our door. Knocked on our door. She walks into the house. She's she says we went time. back to the lineage. She says my mother's mother's mother was Jewish. Rosa Gottlieb was her name. Her mother's mother's mother, her grandmother's grandmother was Jewish, all from the mother's side. 
That means that she and her family is Jewish. Because on the mother's side, they're all Jewish. So it's mothers, mothers, well, mothers are Jewish. Saying, yes, Somehow the mystery, I was talking to her, I said she was so nice. I knew that she had a feeling, something for Jewish people. There must be some, some, some spark over there. She was so, they were very exceptionally, you know, usually when people, buyers and sellers, they argue, they fight, they gave us whatever we wanted and take as much time. They held the house for us for maybe wow. half a year or something like that. And gave us the opportunity. Otherwise, we would not be able to because we had to sell the other house first. And then, and they said they wait, they wouldn't get it. And they just gave us for us for the price, and that's it. You know, it was like wow. it was a gift. Otherwise, we would could not afford this. You know, no, no, no way. So the point that I want to say is um, sometimes things take directions that you know you don't know. Yaakov also saw it was a mystery to him. You know, he's working for one thing. He's trying to obey his mother's instruction. He works for seven years. Then God throws in a monkey wrench over there. <laughs> Changes the things around. And now he finds himself having to be there. But now he realizes that he has a lot of work to do over there. He realizes that he has work to do there. He's going to start his family there, and he actually starts his family and everything else. Now things are going pretty good, and he has to do the work. I mean, a lot of times we also, we sort of, uh, you know, we get frustrated with our own situations, you know, we're, uh, whether we're waiting for Mashiach to come already, you know, we're already worked so much. We're saying, okay, if you love God, it'll go through quickly, you know, just like you love Drachel. If you love God, it doesn't take a long time, okay. But we waited for seven years, and many seven years already. So we waited. God throws in a monkey wrench, says, no, there's some more, you got to wait a little longer. Why was he punished? So fellow, I said, I gave this point in Shul for a minute. So a person comes over to me, he's, you know, has a lot of struggles, you know, with the, he's in a bitter divorce, and uh, doesn't see his children and everything else, you know. It's, uh, we shouldn't know of service, you know. <laughs> So I mean, there's a lot of problems. And he says to me, right before I came from the show, he says, I was, I was really devastated. The lawyer called me up and he says, you know, I have to wait a little longer. I mean, he can't see his children. He hasn't seen them for a long time. And he says, but you know, Rabbi, when you told me that, when you said today in show that sometimes you got to wait, you got to wait a little longer. He says, you were like, you know, just talking to me. You know, I just got off the phone and you're talking to me. He says, it's just, you know, I find a lot of times people think, you know, just trying to give over from the revenue here, you know. I'm saying to myself, you know, we, we don't have, you know, we already feel that we put in the time already, we worked hard, and we did whatever we can, and we won already, and then, but Hashem throws in a monkey wrench, you know, Hashem wants something else, you know, and our mother tells us this way, you know, tell everything, we did what we could, but not to... Uh, become, you know, despondent, not to become, uh, uh, give up, or not to um, let, stay hopeful and strong. And, and you know, eventually we see what happened to Yaakov, you know, things came out, you know, so it's, it's, it's still a test. It's still, it's not, the time is not, is not there yet. Sometimes we don't know why. So we, we work, and if God puts us in that test, you know, it's always, well, whether we lose a job or, you know, we have certain aspirations and goals for ourselves and we want to do something, you know, with, but 
it's it's hard. It's not easy, but it wasn't easy for Yaakov over there. But at least he, he got his way. He had to work for another seven years. But and for him out. and his situation, it was hard. Okay, it yeah. It all worked out. It worked out at the end. All right. Why don't we just now open up? Let's go. Let's do. Let's go around the table. Just just read the story inside. And if you have any questions? We'll, we could discuss that as we go around. Could he have come back earlier? Huh? Could he have come back earlier? If he wouldn't have tricked him, he would have said. But the, the, the funny thing is, the strange thing is, that he actually. I told Sarah. I told her. I can either not eat or then eat the whole thing. So <laughs> it's either you eat the whole thing or you don't eat anything. You know, can't eat just one little piece. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you oh. something, Amazera. Yeah. My feet hurt me. My legs hurt me so much from the walk. It's a reminder. Your legs hurt you because you had to walk so much. Don't eat that. <laughs> she took me for a walk today around the lake. Oh, yeah, good time, didn't you? Yeah. We First did. time and since we're in Sharon. Wow. Like all oh. Whole uh, full circle. Call, First time. Call me what if he's. First time right. for a circle. We tried it once in the summer, but it was so hot. And oh, I, yeah. I, I had a complete... I couldn't. I, I made it maybe three quarters of the way. It didn't make it all the way. Yeah, it was just too hot. Exercise. It's good. Yeah, it's great. I love it. It's like, yeah. but I mean, but, but okay. But, uh, but you got to go. You got to crawl before you walk. You got to walk before you run. I'm going to be jogging. Mean, you can't start running, you know, uh, before you, yeah. you do it. You, know? I mean, you hurt yourself if you do it without... You do it too fast. Too fast. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to have a, a worse effect. You know, That's what they're So, um, what are we going to say? No, we're going to say, okay, so let's do, let's read through a little bit of the portion over here. And let's do, okay, we'll do the English, okay. So now Jacob. Now Jacob lifted his feet and went to the land of the people of the East. Skip me, please. Okay. <laughs> or, why don't you do hers too? So do two. Everybody will do two. Okay. And he looked. Well, let's everybody do three, so we'll go through quickly. Let's and he looked, do three. and behold, the well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep lying beside it. Because from that well they would water the flocks, and a huge rock was upon the mouth of the well. And all the flocks would gather there, and they would roll the rock off the mouth of the well and water the sheep. Then they would return the rock onto the mouth of the well to its place. And Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. And then he went to them, Do you know Laban the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to them, Are things going well with him? And they said, Things are going well. And behold, his daughter Rachel is coming with the sheep. And he said, The day is yet long. It is not time to take in the livestock. Order the sheep and go pasture. And they said, We cannot do that until all the flocks are gathered together. They will roll the rock off the mouth of the well, and we shall then water the sheep. While he was still talking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. A what? <laughs> and it came to pass, when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob drew near and rolled the rock off the mouth of the well, and he watered the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother. And Jacob kissed Rachel. Whoa. And he raised his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that The he reason they wept, Rashi says, is because he realized he wouldn't be buried next to her because we have the tomb of Rachel separate and he was buried with Leah, so that was something that he... Yeah, already knew that? Yeah, he had in some subconscious... In the, you know, he had, had prophecy. Oh. 
And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. And now it came to pass when Laban heard the report of Jacob, his sister's son, and he ran towards him, and he embraced him, and he kissed him, and he brought him into his house. He told Laban all these happenings. And Laban said to him, Indeed, you are my bone and my flesh. And so he stayed with him a full month. And Laban said to Yaakov, Because you are my kinsman, should you work for me gratis? Tell me what your wages shall be. Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older one was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were tender, but Rachel had beautiful features and a beautiful complexion. And Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will work for you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to another man. Stay with me. Jacob worked for, for Rachel for seven years, but they appeared to him like a few days because of his love for her. And Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are completed, that I may come to her. So Laban gathered all the people of the place, and he made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that Laban took his daughter Leah, and he brought her to him, and he came to her. Laban gave Zilpah, his maidservant, to his daughter Leah as a maidservant. And it came to pass in the morning, and behold, she was Leah. So he said to Laban, What is this that you have done to me? Did I not work with you for Rachel? Why have you deceived me? And Laban said, it, it is not done so in our place to give the younger one before the firstborn. Complete the wedding week of this one, and we will give you this one too, for the work that you will render me for another seven years. And Jacob did so, and he completed the week of this one, and he gave his daughter Rachel to him as a wife. And Laban gave his daughter Rachel, his maidservant, how do you pronounce that? Bilhah. Bilhah, or a maidservant. And he, he came also to Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked with him yet another seven years. And the Lord saw that Leah was hated, so he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she named him Reuben. For she said, Because the God, because the Lord has seen my affliction, for now my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bore a son, and she said, Since the Lord has heard that I am hated, he gave me this one too. So she named him Shimon. And she conceived again and bore a son, and she said, Now this time my husband will be attached to me, for I have borne him three sons. And therefore he named him Levi. And three sons, because they knew that he was going to have twelve tribes. And the fact that she had three, she took her share. He's going to have four wives and twelve sons. So that means, so she knew that she had her share. And then, again. It's interesting, the Ruvain she names, Shimon she names, but Navy he named. Who's he? It says, therefore he named him. So Rashi, good, that's a good observation. Very good observation. Mm -hmm. yeah. But Rashi yeah. explains, um, Rashi gives two explanations. Um, Rashi says, one, that the he goes... Uh, on Yaakov, and one that Hashem named him. Because it's capital H. Ah. Rashi says, one that Hashem named him. Uh, he brought him, uh, the, and uh, Rashi explains why. Then, yeah. And she conceived again and bore a son, and she said, this time I will thank the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah, Yehuda, and then she stopped bearing. Um, and Yehuda, Yehuda means thanking oh, the Lord, because in that way, because she took more than her share, now she has four. <laughs> so she she's took more than and at the end, you know, we know that she had actually six children. And then Dina was born also a girl to her. And then uh, Rachel had two children. 
Joseph and Benjamin. And the other ones were uh, from the two uh, maidservants also had uh, It's also, four it's, sons. Very, it's very hard to like, when you're teaching the students and you're telling them, well, Rachel and Leah are the main mothers. Bilal and Zilpah are the maidservants. But everybody has 12 tribes. That even the maidservants' children are considered as part of the 12 tribes. Yeah, but here, that's why, this, in this case, it goes by, it goes by Yaakov. It's like go the Kohen and the Levi. So they're uh, being the tribes. But it's so a little unfair that Bila and Zilpah, why aren't they considered the Imahos? I don't not know us. that fear. Yeah, they're actually Imahos. Yeah, yeah. The well, four, not, we, 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 four matriarchs. You don't. Yeah, really no, and also you Bilba find that they were degraded. They called them Benayat Pilai. They called them the, the concubine wives and Joseph. And there was friction between the brothers itself, who was, you know, more important, less important. There was, uh, there was that. So kind of, yeah, 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 that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, the. Um, It's hard to explain by today's standards, you know. It's it's hard to explain, but um, uh, in those in those days, that were the um, um, but yeah. and, and also like when you just read the English, you say, "What is this? Yaakov loves Rachel more. She's fair, beautiful complexion, and she looks beautiful, right. and the other one not." And then you say to yourself, "Well, he's one of the the Avos. He's one of the forefathers." External, physical, external, external beauty is also represents the inner beauty. According to the Kabbalah and the right. Zohar, there is the Tikkun Leia, Tikkun Rachel. There is a whole. This is just a scratch on the uh, on the uh, on the surface, but there is so much deeper than 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 mystical meanings. But it's certainly the beauty. It also represents the level of the righteous and the level of the Baal Teshuvah. Uh, Rachel being beautiful represents a person who's always doing the right thing, you know, is always a tzaddik, and everything is always good with them. And um, and Leah, uh, who um, crying. Uh, was crying, and um, and she had to deal like with with Esau. People were saying that Esau is going to marry Leah, Leah, the two older. Right? She says, "Well, Rivka has two daughters, and um, two two uh, Rivka has two sons." And Laban has two daughters, two sons for two daughters, the older for the older one. So Leah goes for Esav, and Rachel goes for Yaakov. And that's why it says that Leah was crying, because she didn't want Esav. So she was trying to work. That's why she was always crying. That's why her eyes were tender, because she was worried that she shouldn't end up in the part of... Uh, huh? So the word Marat, that's... that's Complexion. So Torah, this features, uh, beautiful features, and then you have the complete radiance, like the radiant. shine. Like well, because they use that word to describe Sarah too, right? Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Isha yifas mareat. Yeah, Isha. Ata yadati ki Isha yifas mareat. Vaya ki iru otach mitzrib, vargu otiv otach ichayu. Even in achot yad, l'man yitav li ba'vurech v'chaitan nafshi b'glalech. I didn't know all that. I just knew that they... Yeah, but pretty good. <laughs> I didn't know the matter. That's pretty good. But it's interesting that... A, a, uh, a mirror in Hebrew is called a mar'eh. Mar'ah. A re'i, mar'ah. Oh, 
or the e. A mirror, is that what you said? Yeah, because it's shows. Mar- a mara. You, you use the word radiance, though, so it's a special yeah. kind of yeah, light. Yeah, yeah. Shine when you look. The light. appearance. You yeah. said that Sarah always had a glow. Light, always a glow. had light, though, because she always lit the candle. It was always a light. So maybe this represents yeah. some kind of a light around Rachel. It's almost like a grace, like a chen. It's yeah. almost like a grace, like a more. But it's interesting. Kucho you don't see Moshe. that in, in describing Rivka. Oh, Rivka is also said. Does he use the Russian that it was? Oh uh, yeah, Harith? yeah. We're talking about when Abimelech took her. Uh-huh. Also, it says in the, the passage. It says uh, also. It says the same. But you always come up with that question, like the Avos. You know, they represent the holiness and everything else, yeah, and they always describe their mothers as beautiful. But then. Deeper commentaries is not just beautiful physical beauty, it's just radiance, radiance inside. Like, almost like the light of yeah, the Lord. and the end of the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. they were wealthy, they had beautiful wives, and <laughs> <laughs> they, had, they lived a good Role life. Models. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had uh, and the uh, everything, it looked it like it. to be righteous, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what? That's right. But when you say, you say that, I mean, the Torah really reads it's an example, a blueprint for us, their lives were not easy. They had struggles all the time, you know. They, the okay, traveling power takes away. Abimelech takes away. The Kiyorim Lamer children. Then they both have children, you know. It says Kiyorim Ba'yishlan Shemokim Liyishtoi Ba'yoymer Achoisii Kiyorim Lamer Ishti Penyarguni Anshe Amokim Al Rivka Kitoyvas Marehi. So they use the same, same words, words for all of them. That's for Rivka too, yeah. It says Kitoyvas Marehi. But they were related, yeah. so we can see because that was. Rivka was her aunt. Rivka was the Rachel's also, aunt. Also with Rachel coming to the well. All the oh, stories yeah. happen at the well. The good things happen. Well, she was a shepherd. And, she, and talk about like feminism. She was a shepherdess. You know what I mean? Like, and even you but not in that. But imagine Rivka, Rivka was three was years old and she was a shepherdess. Good. She uh, came to bring the, with the camels with her. And then she came and then, then, to, to get to, water. Uh, it doesn't tell us that she was a shepherdess, but it tells us that she yeah, was she was, tell, she was doing the her father's. She came with her father's uh, flock. She was coming, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I don't. You don't remember that, right? No. Let me just see. Okay. I don't remember that, but well, I, but they yeah, say well, all the stories yeah. of them meeting each other all took place at the well. With the well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, the, the course, uh, it's a sign of blessing. Monday nights. That was one of the things we went over. Yeah. Like what's taking place at the well? Week, what that yeah. all took place at the well? Even Moses. Went to a well, and, and the stories are a little bit different. What am I looking for? What each, are you doing? What was he doing at the well? But each one, yes, they, we learned that, and it all takes place. But that's where the deeper meaning is. But all week long, I was thinking about the discussion that we had that Isaac Yitzchak represented working on himself, and sometimes it's really painful yeah. when you have to face like mm-hmm. your own self. And like all week long, I was like, you know what? Okay, it says, but never took a smile. Worked on that. Okay, so over here it also says Tovis Mara right in the beginning. When 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 uh, when Rivka when he met her first, he says that uh, and he says but that I know but She just went down. Doesn't say actually about because I think she just came the to the water. Yeah. She wasn't. Really but then you have also shepherd. by Midian, you have the women shepherds over there with Moshe Rabbeinu too. Yeah, the daughters of Yisro were yeah. also uh, they were shepherds over there. And they, they had other troubles there with the other people as Rashi explains over there. Yeah, but look at those times if you didn't have a son, your daughter was doing the same work. Yeah. Yeah. That's where people. That was where the life, where life was. Right. The water, Mayim Chayim. Right. So everything revolves around the water. Like they you say, know, the water cooler in the office. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that you know that. Or the coffee machine. That that was life. That's 
That's how you live, survive with water. So, and also water represents the Torah. Right. So uh, it all kind of goes. Over there, Rashi says also this is something a, a phenomenon that we find a lot of times by Rivka over there. It says the water went up towards her. The water went up. It always like the said the water went up. By Yaakov, it says the blessing that the water would go up towards him. Um, just imagine that. Uh, I mean, in this case, they had to remove that um, um, the big rock over there so that they can feed the nose up. All right, we'll leave it over.